everybody. Hey, squad. Hi. Um, I want to apologize for the static in mine. I actually don't know what it is now. I thought it was the mic. Got a new mic. Thought it was the adapter. Got a new adapter. Static's still there. So. Is it your box? No, I'm not using a box this time because um, I want to get one of those. But I was like, I want to do re- not really the box so much, but the more the better mic like the one you have. So I'm like, I want to do research <laughs> and see where I can find one lightly used. It is so nice to have a husband who's a musician. I was like, can I have a microphone? Can I have one of your microphones? And he's like, here's a really nice one. I was like, thanks. Can you set it up for me? I know. No, it's literally one of the ones that like actual podcasters use. Well, the ones that have like fucking sponsors and everything. This is what it looks like Mm. to not have a sponsor. You have static in the background. This is a bespoke podcast. (laughs) I love the word bespoke. (laughs) Whether or not I use it correctly. I was going to say it's a little bit off in this context, but it is bespoke by God. (laughs) Just truly a bespoke podcast. Probably the most bespoke of all. Oh my God. Laughing really does hurt. I'm going to have to like make note of this. If it gets bad, can you imagine if we had to like take a longer break because it hurts for me to laugh? Oh my God. Well, we're about to find out. So probably from the top, we should address... What we horrific, not in a good way, teased in the last intro to the last episode. Yes. Why did we take such a long break, Paige? Well, okay. So we had never intended to take a real break. We were going to take like two weeks off and release episode. I don't even remember what we had for a release schedule anymore. Okay. So I went to Wales with my mom on on July 9th. (laughs) The day before my birthday. Yes. So I spent Brittany's birthday away from her, but (laughs) we were in Wales and I horseback ride um, and my mom has ridden before. So we were like, we'll go on a trail ride because it's fun, you know. Uh, So that was on July 11th. So on the trail ride in Wales, just a reminder of where this happened, on the way back to the barn, we were walking next to a road, a paved road, concrete, if you will. And the horses got scared and they took off, which they do sometimes. Mine ended up throwing me and I landed on the pavement on my right side really hard. And long story short, what ended up happening was my liver split in two pieces and we're hanging. It's still together, but like at the bottom is how I understand. I know. (laughs) I've heard this before and I'm like. Dear God. And I'm trying to like, so I wanted to get what like the the long and short of it was out of the way so that I could give some details about, I don't want to gross anyone out, but yeah, so the remainder of that trip, so from July 12th, because I ended up going to the hospital like late at night on July 11th, because right after it happened, I was a little bit in shock. I got back, the girl was like, okay, get back on the horse. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like I should walk. My mom didn't fall off, thank God. Um. And she was like, no, no, just get, get back up on there. And I was like, okay. So it, it hurt, but I was like, I don't know. It was weird. So then not like 45, not even 40 minutes later, I was in horrible pain. It felt like my back and my stomach were going to like peel off of me. It was just so bad. So we called an ambulance. So we called it at four. It didn't show up at all and so we kept calling and I was like can you like tell me if the ambulance is gonna come like just I just need to know if it's showing up I'm like because if it's not that's fine and she goes it 
is on its way. We just can't tell you when. I'm like, you can't tell me when? Hold on. Domino's fucking pizza can tell me when Peter is putting my pizza in the oven and when Rachel is going to deliver it to me and the ambulance folks in Wales cannot tell you when an ambulance will arrive for your emergency? Right. Thank you. That is a very good example, actually, because I was going to say they could do that in America, but you're right. Uh, pizza places could do that. Um, and it's basically on the, so when we finally got to the hospital, uh, the ER, they told us that essentially, um, they're like, no, you weren't imagining that they won't, they basically won't send anybody unless you confirm that you're going to die or like think you're like, unless you have a traumatic head injury or, you know, for sure that you're bleeding internally or something, which I was come to find out, but I didn't know for sure. It, I guess I know what it feels like now. So I can confirm in the future. I can be like, oh no, I am bleeding internally. I know what this is like. Um, so we get to the ho- we get to the emergency room. I'm like, what is that word? Uh, like nine o'clock. I promptly pass out, and so that got me right in. Long story short, again, they transport me to another hospital, and I didn't realize, but the people were talking to me the whole time, and I was like, why are these people talking to me the entire? Because I'm like, I just want to go to sleep. I'm in pain. They're- I'm like, oh no, that's why they were like, <laughs> they didn't say this to me, but they're probably like, you can't go to sleep. We need you to stay awake, hun. Like, oh no, like ma'am, I know. So. I was treated there. I was at Birmingham Queen Elizabeth Hospital in the liver unit, come to find out, uh, for like 10 days. So I was there from July 12th until July 23rd. So that was what happened. I was in a I was in the UK on holiday. I ended up in a hospital for the entire time. So I got to experience like another country's medical facilities. That's what all tourists want to do, right? Right. Um, it's not free. To people who don't pay taxes there. Because that was people who were like, well, it's a good thing that it's free. And I'm like, huh, well, no, it's not. It's free to people I who I thought that too. There. Yeah. No, and it makes sense after they tell you that. They're like, so because you're not a resident of here, it's not free. And I'm like, that makes sense. I'd be like, but your country hurt me. Yeah. Yeah. One of your horses hurt me. Mm-hmm. I, I think potentially on purpose because I'm an American. One of your Welsh citizen horses. Born here. Hmm. And then one of your Welsh citizens was like, that's okay. Get back up on the horse. I still can't believe that. That is so bad. I, I mean, just thinking about that happening here, you would think that there would be some sort of protocol. Like if someone is ever thrown from a horse, like, okay, we keep them in one place. We radio back. We have like someone on hand who at least like assesses the situation like a manager. And then, I mean... That was just no, yeah. It was perfectly a, lax. Very well. The the girl that was there, the two girls in charge of the barn that day, they didn't own it, but they were like young. They were like twenty two and maybe like twenty. Which I'm sorry to all of you out there who are that age, but you know, you don't really know things yet about things. So looking back, like I would have done that, especially because like we were. I didn't. I guess she probably would argue like, but you didn't seem like you were in pain. I'm like. I was in shock and I was very much in pain. But she watched you be thrown from a horse. Onto concrete. Yeah. And slapped People have gotten head. paralyzed that way. Right. It was really weird. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, that was just completely lack of experience. Like, because I would have, if it were me and I was the one guiding the tour, I would have been terrified because I'm like, oh, shit, this is a lawsuit. And I, yeah, no, I wouldn't have. I would have been like, okay, I think we need to, like, call 
some point. Now I'm like, oh, we could have called an ambulance, but now I know we would have been waiting there on the road for a very long time. So Had you been thrown from a horse before? Yeah, but like tons of times. I mean, not like I've actually been thrown very few times, but enough like in my time. Never like this. Never on concrete. Um, And yeah, it can happen, but it really shouldn't happen on a guided tour with tourists who, you know, like my mom wasn't experienced. You, you shouldn't be putting even experienced riders on horses that might spook and, you know what I mean? Like, you really shouldn't run a business yeah. like that. And I'm sure there are people who would argue with me and be like, well, and I'm just like, no, but at the end of the day, if you're offering a trail ride for tourists of all experience levels, you don't put them on an animal that isn't sound, is what we call them. It sucked just because obviously, like, we were excited for the trip. We had been planning it for like a year. My mom was like worried sick, you know, the whole time. And I was like, in pain now it's been so long I'm like not that I forget but I'm like oh my god I was like the first like week I like don't even I remember it but I just remember like like being so mad because I was in so much pain pain makes you angry so after this happened and I posted like our we'll be back soon message I was for a second I'm like oh I'll google like SVU episodes where someone's in a hospital so I can get a picture of like Olivia Benson in like a, a Johnny in a hospital room and then I found one of Stabler and I was just like this is in poor taste, even though I think Paige would think it was funny. So I just didn't. I was not going to tell anybody that this happened until I absolutely had <laughs> You're to. You're so mysterious. Because <laughs> it's just, it's like, it was so much to explain to. And then <clears throat> we had planned on going to dinner with Krista and Helena. And so we were in our group chat and Helena was like, hey, Paige, can you still make it on the 20th to dinner? And I was like, mm. Hmm. And it was kind of right after they were like, no, you can't go home. Like, you have to stay here until we tell you that you're not bleeding anymore. And I was like, oh. so I sent them a voice memo and I was like, on so many painkillers and like morphine. Like, oh, my God. Like the first few seconds before like you really got into it, I was like, something really bad happened. You sounded so different. I was like, so timer. I was like, hey, ladies. Just, hi guys. Yeah, hi guys. Should have saved it so we could play it on the podcast. I know. Milk your pain. That's probably the quietest I've ever been in my life. Listeners be like, who the fuck is this? So I can't make it to dinner because um I got thrown off a horse and now my liver's damaged. Okay, bye. Um, no, she said she got very badly injured from a horseback riding oh. incident and then did not <laughs> say any more. So the next day I had to be like, I know things are really bad right now, but can you tell me if you can walk? Or not? Yeah. Like, she was like you- oh yeah, I can walk. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, she might be paralyzed, but I don't know how to politely be like, Hey, that's what, like when I told Brian, um, he was like, so uh, like, I just wasn't sure if you were dying or not because you were like, yeah, I got hurt. I'm in a hospital. Don't talk to me. I don't have the energy. <laughs> And he was like just sitting there. He's like, she's gonna die. And I like, and I'm like, what do you mean? I was, I never thought it. I think the one time I told Brittany this, the one time I was afraid, the pain was really bad at like 1 a.m. So I called the one of the nurses, and she came in, and it wasn't anyone I'd seen before, and so she didn't like really talk to me. So I was like, can I have some pain reliever? And then she brought in like a tube. It was it was morphine, and so I didn't think. I just like she just left it with me, so I just like ate it. But then I got nervous. I was like, what if I wasn't supposed to eat that? And she was going to come back and administer it through my arm. And I just ate arm fluid or something. I mean, that's on her. I know. Not very communicative, that lady wasn't. That would be sad, you know, because then it would be in my story, like my People magazine story. They'd be like, you know, as a girl laid there, smelly and in pain, she ate (laughs) 
<laughs> she ate fluid that was supposed to go into her veins, but then she ate it like the piggy pig pig she is. <laughs> you know, I would sue People Magazine so fast. So, <laughs> season one of Law & Order SVU. Finally, I know. Um, don't remember much about it. Don't remember. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, we have no Imagine clue. Imagine if we were just like, we don't fucking know. Yeah, we're like, I don't remember. What, the, what even is this? I didn't remember some things, like, when I was going through. I think I know what my favorite episodes were. I'm like, but let me just go through in case I forgot any. That was a hard one. Because there was different reasons Oh, your why. favorite episode? Yeah. Um, I don't even, I wouldn't. My favorite episode that I listed is not my Hilda Dine. Like, if you're like, oh, but I thought you really liked this episode, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I mean, that one could be my favorite. That's why I wanted to note my favorite episode versus my favorite episodes to recap because yeah. those were kind of different. Like, there were some episodes I watched and I was like, oh, I don't really care for this. And then we got to talking about them and I had a good time. Yeah, like, they were more boring. I And then I have a least favorite episode and it's really, well, I have a couple for Oh, me too. We'll get into it. Yes, let's get into it. So in season one, we meet Captain Cragen constantly yelling. We, we meet the squad that appears to have been both working together for some time and also having just begun. It depended on the day. It really Depends did. Depends on the day. Um, we meet Elliot Stabler, who is a father. And he never lets this interfere with his police work. Never. He never takes anything personally, ever. Remember the first episode? We were like, who is this guy? He was like really calm. Yeah. He was the one kind of like pulling Olivia back and being like, watch out there, kid. You're, uh, you're, you're letting your emotions get too much in the way of your policing. And I was like, who are you? Right? We should have we made a section. Maybe we can if we think of it. Favorite lies Elliot told. That, that's under funniest moments for me a couple times where I was like, Elliot, you little <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Olivia's sad that her bio dad's a rapist. She thinks maybe she has bad blood. Cassidy is our rookie friend that we lose halfway through. Munch is our streetwise sassy cop. And uh, Jeffrey's was a mystery who kept promising to be solved and Never will, because we're never going to see her again. Nope. She lost it the last episode. So I had this grandiose thought that we would recap season one, but there aren't really any overarching storylines to recap. This season was very much getting to know everybody, and I guess just establishing Cragen's a recovering alcoholic, Stabler has his family stuff, Olivia's dealing with the fact that her bio dad is a rapist. The very long, drawn-out storyline of Elliot and Olivia being attracted to each other is rearing its head. Yes, that was established, I would say, very subtly. I mean, it's there, clearly. I mean, was it in the first episode we're like, oh my yeah. god, it happened this early? Yeah, they were looking at each other and stuff, and we were like, whoa. And I said that, I was like, I thought that this was a fan theory gone awry in the later seasons, because obviously they're really heavy-handed. But I didn't realize it dated back to the first season. It's So I'm one of those huge losers that watches like compilation clips of like best of Ellen Olivia. I never see the clip of him being like, yeah, it's a great hookup spot. You know, lovers, friends, coworkers. I never see that reference. And I feel like that's pretty blatant. He is like looking into her soul. 
as he says, co-workers. And the fact that he, and I love how whenever I watch it back, it's never, never nearly as bad as like I thought it was when he physically assaults John Munch several times. Oh my God. That is one of my favorite moments where Munch is like, hey, Olivia, I just wanted to like tell you I'm so sorry that I didn't know your dad's a big rapist. And Sable's like, Aah! like, bone rushes him, starts, puts him in a headlock, beats the shit out of him. No, clearly, if you watch the episodes, it's not as bad as we definitely, we definitely called it assault more than once. I mean, Olivia's just like having this conversation when it, and it was very much like when you're in high school or college and you're talking to someone and a person who's interested in either you or that other person comes up and is like, hey, like physically puts themselves into the situation so that whatever's happening between you and the other person right. isn't going down. He was just like, oh, it's going on. Not bothering my partner, are you? My partner. Elliot like looks at Olivia like, are you sure? Because I will literally murder this man. <laughs> right now in front of everyone for you and she's like please l oh my god oh my god let me like think about the fact that my dad's a rapist that's what i want to think about right now cassidy left us we did a farewell episode to him so bye and then little briscoe is leaving us which Brittany doesn't care about bye so my least favorite episode i know that we complained about pretty much every single one the ones that were my absolute least favorite and I'm only saying this because they were sad, but it was bad blood and um, it was bad blood and the third guy. Those were really sad. Those did not make my ranking for least favorite in that I thought they were just both well told. Yeah. So I liked them. My least favorite episode is Payback. I think it's boring. It is boring. It is. I respect it for establishing this franchise and that's about it like those are the only nice things i can say about the episode i didn't find the steven tanzik i am so surprised i can pull that out of nowhere i didn't find the steven tanzik thing interesting it was depressing i was mad at the detectives i was mad at cragen because he yelled at olivia and was like you can't let your personal life affect this job and i was like oh my god sir this show's been on for 20 years and guess what happens almost every episode don't 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 try to set this precedent now also i think out of all the episodes it's the one i've watched the most besides wanderlust i watched it like three times and i was so bored of it by the time i was done so payback i think is just if i had to rank all the episodes it's i just wouldn't want to watch it again i'm good it was super boring and from a recapping perspective it was hard because there was a lot of detail and now we're a little better about it. Like now I know, okay, watch the episode all the way through before you take notes because then at least you can weed out the parts that made that did not need to be like we didn't need to pay attention to a lot of payback because a lot of it didn't have anything to do with what actually happened. So Right. Like even though the Victor Spicer part was the best part of that entire episode. We could have cut that whole part out and not even saved ourselves 45 minutes because he had nothing to do with it except for the the thing, you know, like the, the fucking ID. So we could have just been like, oh, yeah. yeah, it turned out he bought an ID of some other person who had nothing to do with it. I mean, I am grateful for that performance of Victor Spicer because that was pretty freaking funny. Oh, but, absolutely. Um, it was the only thing I enjoyed. That was the title of our episode because that was the only thing we enjoyed. We were like, all right, this episode was a bummer, but at least Victor Spicer's in prison taunting police officers and making everyone mad hilarious taunting elliot stabler no i i agree and then so for 
that reason, I didn't like Miss Leader either. Miss Leader's the one where that girl was having sex with her husband's father. Yes, the religious college. Right. That was boring. That was pretty low on my list of episodes I enjoyed watching. And that one was weird because it was based on a true story. It is awful. But. Right. It wasn't that. It was kind of. No. It was boring. Yeah, that one was hard for me to pay attention to. Yeah, no, it was hard. It was boring. Same with Entitled, even though Entitled was interesting because it was like, you know, we, we were supposed to be able to watch another episode of Law & Order proper to finish it off. But Entitled was hard, too, because once again, we're like, so what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? Like, what is this? It's just like, I don't even know. You know what I mean? Like, it was so much yeah. going on. And then they were like, here's a serial killer. But did he do it? No. And we're like, Bleh. he just says Buddy Holly glasses. Right. Like he did something, but not this. But we may or may not have paid him to say he did. It was full of holes. It was. The other two, I just, not that I didn't like them. It's just, it's like, I wouldn't watch them again because they were so sad. And they made me think of sad things. So. Yeah, they were both upsetting. Yeah, but they were well done. I, I'm not like, it's, yeah. I guess if we were thinking of like poorly done episodes. But they're funny. They were funny. Because Russian Love Poem is obviously the worst episode of the season. Horrific. But it was amazing. I mean, it starts off with a banana in a guy's butt. Yes. And ends with a man dying by suicide while he recites a, not a poem. He says, I'm going to tell you a Russian Love Poem. But he's not really. He's just ranting the guy who's drunk on the beach and makes fun of munch and cassidy and he's like ah, i spoke english the whole time you're stupid stupid like a horse's ass you're stupid i like to watch my cousin get fucked just that whole episode was just absurd it was so funny in all reality that's the worst episode oh yeah a hundred percent potentially in history until we get to the later episodes that are airing right now it's yeah just iconic hilarious amazing um, payback could never who was your favorite villain? I decided to be a little loosey-goosey with this, and I selected Jenny Bacon from Limitations. She's the gal who starts out the episode as a rape victim, and then we find out that she figured out who her attacker was, and which was totally fine, forgave him, but once she found out there were other victims, she still kept that information to herself because she thought she knew better than everyone else. Her smug ass. Fuck her. And then she had the nerve to turn around. I still love that scene. When she turns around and looks at the one victim who's literally having a nervous breakdown over this. And she goes, I hope you find peace. And the woman goes, shut up. <laughs> She's like, shut up, you stupid bitch. Love and, she, and then Jenny Bacon's like, uh, 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 why are you yelling? I will say Law & Order SVU is really good about creating these gray areas where you sometimes don't know where you land and I was thinking about I'm like no she was a villain she decide and honestly I was thinking back about it today I think the rapist tricked her because he was like yeah I feel so bad about it and she's like well I forgive you and he could have said oh but I have other victims out there that don't know who I am they're out there because she was surprised when she found out there were other victims and she still refused to give up his name giving us the iconic scene the white people meeting where they all stood there and they were like, we will not give up this rapist. And Olivia was like, guess what? I'm going to take this Rolodex. And they were like, but please, don't. please are rights. And she was like, fuck you. Don't, don't fight Gertrude. They put their oldest person on the box. 
so it's not the real Quakers, but they made it to my most honorable mentions list. It was just the Quakers, <laughs> the Law and Order SVU version of the Quakers. And the only reason he stopped being a rapist was because he got paralyzed. He got paralyzed. And then he has the nerve to, when Stabler is literally lifting him out of his chair, go, cruel irony, right? Or something. He was just like, huh, pretty ironic, right? And they're like, yeah, get in the car. You know, yes. like, shut up. Who's your villain? My, probably my favorite villain is Maureen Stabler. No. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, yes. <laughs> it's Virginia Hayes. But it's, again, it's not for the, Ooh. you're kind of giving a more moral. This is what we need. The yin and the yang. So yours is like for a good reason. Because I thought of her too. Lynn Collins played her so well. She was kind of the perfect villain because she was easy to hate. She was mm-hmm. also, you were torn about her because she was an underage girl. She was 16. Yes. She was divisive. She was utterly annoying and then in the end she's kind of awesome because she kills an an ephibophile i mean hey one less predator on the streets right i'd be like virginia did your job for you meanwhile elliot's out there slapping the backs of dudes who like to date underage girls and being like hey man don't be date wait till she's 18 okay i know you're 21 but she's only 17 keith the internet pedophile I love that scene where Stabler just like, after eviscerating this teenage girl for telling a lie because she's afraid of her abusive mom and just being like, you wasted our time. You're terrible. And then getting her boyfriend who actually did something really bad and being like, man, you just need to wait till she's 18. I know how it is, right? Guys will be guys. Fucking want to go get drinks later? Right? The glee. That didn't happen, but oh yeah. And then later he was like, he likes what was his name keith keith yeah i'll never forget i know i forget like actual people i'm like i remember keith but yeah no stabler strolled in like he literally had a look on his face like just copped and dadded the shit out of that one elliot (laughs) and then they're like oh you know that guy that you just like made dinner plans with later in the week yeah and stabler was like damn it damn it How, how should i have known that the guy who was dating an underage girl was a bad guy huh I mean, I re- I liked um, the model. I think her name was Helen, but the model for her just looked like one. Ooh, with the, with the glasses. Yeah, because her reason for killing them was so ridiculous. It was just like, she just had it. She was like, fuck other beautiful women or something. Oh, it was a whole convoluted thing. That, ep- that episode was a fucking mess. No, yeah. That's actually another one of my least favorite episodes. Not to talk about, but just in watching it. It was just kind of a mess. It was a mess. No, there again, it was another one where we were like, okay, this guy did it. Nope. Yeah, the whole thing was a fucking Dr. Oh Deke. My God. The time they like went to confront Dr. Deke and the guy was like, I'm not Dr. Deke. This is Dr. Deke. And the guy's just like in the wheelchair, like comatose. Elliot and Liv look at each other like, it couldn't have been him. It, well, I guess it's not him. We still want it to be, though. I did have honorable mentions for me, which was Richard White, just because he was scary and when I thought of favorite villains, he was the only villain I could think of mm-hmm. until I went through the list and I was like, okay, he's, he's not my favorite favorite. And then the um, serial killer from episode four who was like, you caught me. He was just scary. He was so scary. Yeah. I don't think we were going to talk about least favorite villains, but I, it's kind of like. Like poorly played, I guess. Yeah. Like I'm like least favorite villain. Probably the Russian love poem guy. Yeah. He was everyone. Everyone was a villain in that in that episode. Natalia or whatever the hell her name was. Katarina. Katya. Uh, Katya. Katya. She's up there. 
they really did Russians dirty in that episode because every time we approached a Russian woman, they were like, mm, you want to have sex with me? And they're like, no. I know. That was like anti-Russian propaganda, basically. It 100% was the ultra Natashas who were there to, end quote, steal our men. And I'm like, go ahead and take them. Take the men. I know, right? Yeah, take them back. Take them back over there. What was the next one? Favorite guest star, I think, was in the list. Yeah, you want to do favorite guest stars? I think we... I mean, duh. <laughs> I mean, so obviously it's Wilson Jermaine Heredia from Nocturne. Yeah, he is my favorite as far as just performance and leveling the show up. He was like, hi, I'm going to make this better. I listened to Rent for like three weeks after that. It got kind of bad. I was like, <laughs> all right, that's enough. I like how you described it as it got kind of bad. I was just like, you don't need to listen to the original Broadway recording every day. But it had no business going as hard as it did. It really mm. didn't. It went really it hard. It still slaps. It slaps. Except for the song that Roger wrote for Mimi. That... <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, the one that I should tell you. Oh, when he goes, it isn't much, but it took all year. And it's just called Your Eyes, the ones that took me by surprise. Yep, Your Eyes. For the most part, actually, some of my favorite songs have Roger on them, but most of my least favorite songs also feature Roger. You're What You Own and oh, the so- Your Eyes are both not my favorite. Oh, God, I hate your on your me, you you me, me, me. And then that brings her back and she's like, oh, I just talked to Angel. He's like, get back to Earth. Stop your time. You're silly. Yeah. So he was my favorite just in general. Um, Andrew McCarthy, my favorite just because Andrew McCarthy. I shouldn't say his performance was kind of like you said, it was way more scary in my memory, but it was kind of a hilarious episode. He was like, ooh, mm, mm. he's like little yelling at them. Um, and then my honorable mention was Deborah Rush, who played Mrs. Andrew Harlan in Russian Love Poem. She was so she funny. She was amazing. I had two honorable mentions, Patricia Richardson mm. and Wanderlust. The first time I watched it, I was like, what is happening? And then I started watching it as a comedy, and it got really funny. But like when she's like, welcome to my home. Welcome <laughs> to my home. Just her in the entire first scene where she's like pissed at Stable. She's like, who's he? And she's just like, sh- I did not read her performance as shit-faced upon my first watch. Second watch, I finally got it. Yeah. But oh, yeah. She's so funny. She doesn't care her daughter ran off. Did your daughter run away? Uh, okay. I don't, I, don't know. I don't know. Here's a picture. Shilly died. Shilly. Yeah, she like met it's him. Unhinged. The fact that she like entices poor, like literally broke men to live with her and then yells at them for like not accepting her advances. Horrible woman. Love her. Horrible. So hilarious. And then my second honorable mention is Eugene Bird and the third guy. I think his character's name is Carlos. Yes. He was just so good. Yeah. He was really good. Just, again, leveled up the performance. I love when they bring in all, they bring in the lineup and they're like, oh, we know it's this guy. And he's like, uh, the guy I told you about is not in here. What are you doing? And yeah, like, he's just like, like them. them. He's like, get these people out of here. What are you talking about? And they're like, oh, shit. He had his little hat on. He just looked, you know, he looked cool. He sounded cool. He was a good actor. Yeah. No, he ate that up. Oh, and then Tyler was like, because I was telling him, he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm just taking notes. He's like, 
what about the guy, the guy who boned his sister? And I was like, what are you talking about? Are you talking about an episode? He goes, no, no, no. The guy. I'm like, Gary Clark. Oh. As Joey Poole. I was like, that does happen, but not this season. I know. I was like, I was like oh, I, was like, I love that, that episode. episode. But So thank you to Tyler for reminding me of one of our more interesting guest stars who I was like, oh, let me Google him. And then I found out he had that wild story. Oh, God. Yeah. No, the ballad of Gary Clark. I like how Tyler so delicately phrases it. The guy who boned his sister. Not on that purpose. That is not what he said. So I cleaned it oh. up a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, go listen to the episode because it is truly a wild story. True. But, um, Actually, we're not going to tell you what happened because it's on episode. Was it episode three or four? Three. 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 Right. Our dress look like one. Yep. So go back to episode three, how we sounded so cute back then. And yeah, fuck off. Anyway. We're trying so hard. <laughs> we were. <laughs> I think I had a shitty mic too then. That's when I had all the hissing. I can't listen to episode like one. There's a couple episodes I can't listen to because, like, my sound is really bad. That's going to be – I don't think it's that bad, but that's going to be me for the couple episodes where I'm now I'm, like, listening. I guess it's not so bad because I'm really loud. Your audio's but. never been as bad as mine was. There's the intro to Wander Bust. My audio is really, really bad. I think it was – That was at the end. I think it was my – yeah, my voice box, I think, had, like, really shit the bed at that point. And then – so I think – after I don't really listen to episodes one through five ever, but sometimes I listen to six on just to kind of remind myself of what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Or I just enjoy them. I don't know. But I'm going to have the hissing now. And I hope it's not Garage Band because I'm like, what is it? You know, it's, it's obviously the computer because this is a new mic. This is a new adapter. This is a new cable. Oh, weird. I know. So I'm like, God, if it's the computer, that's going to be so annoying. So I'll figure it out. But it might take me a couple weeks, guys. I was hurt. Did you listen? Oh, I'm looking at my list. I missed one more guest star. Um, Audrey McDonald as Dr. Jackson. Oh, yeah. I really, I really liked her. And I would have I would have liked it if they kept her around. Me too. I, I thought they did. But that was another one where there was another thing. Oh, yeah. What was the one where we were like, no, this person's there i forget but there was like a couple of people we were like why doesn't this person ever show up again when i have distinct memories of them showing up again serena benson yes there's a whole other timeline where serena benson shows up in at least five more episodes and they're like nope this is it bye very weird because i do but whenever i try to remember more scenes with her all i can remember is the dinner scene right so but I'm like, really? That's the only time we meet Serena Benson? In my memory, and this obviously isn't real, but I have a very distinct memory of an episode where Serena and her talk again, and she's played by a younger actress, and, and she says something like, I'm so proud of you, Olivia. Olivia's like, oh, yeah, a good interaction with my drunk mom. And then the next scene, Craig is like, Olivia, she fell downstairs and died. I wonder, does she die in season two? I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I forget. So then we have favorite moments. And for this, I went like more with like serious moments, just like actual moments of the show that I thought were very good entertainment if I wasn't making fun of the show that I really like. We're only making fun of it because it's a lot more ridiculous than we thought it was. And we love it. We love it. These are just two standouts for me. One is Munch demonstrating the flashlight. Mm, That's a really good one. Just the way it's shot, the music, and Richard Belter's performance is just very chilling when he's like, oh, 
did she say her she held her hand here or here and then he holds up the flashlight and he's like civilian mm. cop and it's very much like oh yeah and they're like so good and then my second one was the single shot opening of uncivilized where they just pit, like keep it as a single shot following benson and stabler through this crime scene i just thought that was really well done the closing scene for uncivilized where they're getting the truth out of mike d and Jimmy. yes King. yes I remember that one being, like, very impactful. And they didn't have any music. The way that they were cutting back and forth between the two of them. And, like, you thought that Mike D was kind of the the worst one. But then he broke down in tears. And, like, how they were describing how it really was just, like, one of those crimes that you they were, at least Jimmy G was set out to hurt somebody. It didn't matter who. That's how yes. when it unfolded, you're like oh, this poor kid had no chance regardless. It wasn't anything he did. It was just like they were going to hurt somebody. It was just a matter of who they locked in on. That energy was so, there was really no rhyme or reason. He's like, oh, how do you get money for that bike? What was he doing staring at us? And then he started crying when his glasses fell off. It's like, yeah, he's an eight-year-old boy. It's just well done. Very well done. as As a piece of television, that was good television. And then a less serious moment that really shouldn't be funny, but was kind of funny, was in Stalked when Olivia's waiting on the bench. <laughs> and you see this, these two people jogging up to her. And one, you know, it's kind of weird. You're like, hmm. And then it turns out to be the guy. And he's got this, like, jogger girl by the hair. And she goes, ah! And then he just pushes her and goes, run, bitch! And then turns his knife on Olivia. And then the squad jumps out. Craig and kicks him in the like, balls. What did he think was going to happen? Exactly. And then he was like, oh, you bitch, you called the cops. And she was like, yeah, good thing. Like, I am the cops. I can call other cops. Right. Like, what the fuck did you think I was going to do? I'm like, do you think she also doesn't know karate? You know what I mean? Like, he was like, oh, good. Now I have you alone. So all of your self-defense that you would have learned in police academy goes out the window. And she, and she has a gun. Yeah, she has a gun. She should have shot him. He was a... He was. I know. That's one of those ones where you're like, no, but if you shot this guy... But yeah, so that was a, that was a moment I loved. Moving into what I've listed as my favorite funny moments. Stabler lying about touching Bill Turbot's stamps. I've never gotten over that. Ever. It was so blatant. He goes to set his water glass on Bill Turbot's expensive box of stamps. And Bill Turbot understandably goes, oh, hey, 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 please don't do that. They get back to the station and then Stabler goes, yeah, and he was really weird when I tried to touch his stamp collection. Just, I'm like, did you see the text? Have you read it? I haven't read yes. it yet. What is she having? I'm going to look. I do it. I'm You're so. You're not crying. I'm right in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> Can I write that? Don't listen to her. <laughs> She's always been jealous of me. <laughs> not us making it about us. <laughs> doing what we do best (laughs) oh we did it Brittany. we made it about us no now i'm crying from laughter (laughs) i am really 
I'm surprised because D- um, Dylan. Why <laughs> do I call Will Dylan? <laughs> he looks like a Dylan. He does look like a Dylan. Dylan for gone. D- <laughs> Dylan. <laughs> Guys, a lot happened in this meeting. Will's new name is Dylan. <laughs> Paige and I ended up crying because we laughed so hard at our funny jokes. <laughs> oh my god, Dylan forgot. Dylan forgot. Oh, oh god. Oh, I wonder I'm- what they'll name her. I have had the thought. I'm like, shit. I actually really like the name Lucy for a girl, but I fucked that up by letting my husband name our dog Lucy. I was going to be Scout, but then. Even though I'm older than Scout, um, Scout is such a cool Willis, name for a girl. Yeah, well, so my mom heard that Demi Moore was gonna name that baby Scout, which she did later. Even though I'm older than her, and they were like, mm, "We can't do that because then people are gonna be like, you were copying Demi Moore." And then it's now I'm Paige. <laughs> <laughs> Paige is still a cool name. It's still she a cool name. She didn't end up with the trendiest name of the '90s. It just, I feel like, I feel like a peplum top. <laughs> I was trendy at the time, and now my name's Brittany. I feel like a peplum top. I'm a peplum top. You are not a peplum top. Peplum top. You are timeless. Peplum tops are not timeless. No, they are not. Another favorite moment of mine, in Entitled, when they're searching, I forget his name, but the guy who got shot in the head and then his penis was cut off, they were searching his apartment. Oh, who cares what his name is? Yeah, his name. They're searching his home, and they go into his office, and they pull out various bags of hoarder shit from his like desk. shells and matchbooks and napkins. Literally everything she just said. There was a manila folder of shells. There was a mil- manila folder of matchbooks. And there was a manila folder of cocktail napkins. And they're like, hmm, he must have just kept trinkets from all of his dates. And I'm like, what is he, Ariel? He's gathering buttons and shit? What is this? That was... Who's it's and what's it's? That was actually a funny episode for people acting out. Because remember the waitress? Yes. Who was just like, I didn't fuck him, but I'm mad about everyone he ever fucked. She definitely fucked him because she she was just so pissed that they were asking about him. And then I also loved in, oh God, the one with the reporter who got blown up in the end. Oh, yeah. Oh, I cannot remember what it's called. But I also loved her criminal when they went to his house and they were like just making fun of him for all of his. They're like, he's got one shirt and no friends. (laughs) They got him so good. They were just like roasting him. They're like, look at all his dirty ashtrays. Yeah, they're like, he collects ashtrays. What a poor, broke loser. And then, I mean, I had to make this, of course, one of my top funniest moments. The pot makes me nervous. Uh, the pot makes me nervous. Of course. No, that's the funniest moment. Iconic. Iconic. Let's take you on a journey of why it's the funniest moment, <laughs> although we have said it. So it wasn't that he just said that, because that was funny on its own. It's the, the whole point, the whole reason why it's funny is that this guy has been pretty much the worst cop that they have in the unit. And then he decides to, like, be weird and authoritative about pot. So he's, like, sitting there. And Cragen and Olivia are like over there, like a good six or seven feet away. And they're like whispering like Cragen's like, OK, you need to go look into the drugs. And from his desk, Cassidy just yells like he has any authority at all. Yeah, the pot makes me nervous. And Craig was probably like, thank you, Cassidy. Remember when 
Brian Cassidy was having a little like poopy bum moment because Olivia was like, haha, I'm so, you know, that word. I forget what word it was, but he like knew a big word. She like ribs him as they all rib each other. Dear God, in the first episode, Monique Jeffries makes a joke about Munch not getting to like eat out women. Yeah. Never forget. But then Olivia makes a little joke about him maybe not knowing a word. He's like, yeah, because I'm a big dummy who doesn't know big words. What? You know what I did? You know what I did, Olivia? She's like, what? And he's like, I went home and I looked up that word and I memorized the meaning just for you. And he storms out and Stabler doesn't do anything. Well, no, because then Craigan's like, uh, Brian, can I speak to him in the office? And we're like, good. Yeah, good. Finally, someone's going to lay down the law with Mr. B- one Brian Cassidy. And he's like, uh, hey, Brian. Well, actually, he does lay down the law by tricking him into taking on a horrific case that ruins his life so that he has to leave SVU. So I guess in the long run, he was playing the long game. He knew that if he came down on Brian right there, Brian would be like, no one understands my love for Olivia Benson. But instead, he's like, what personal moment? I didn't see anything. And Cassie goes, you mean between me and Olivia when we boned? And I was like, be cool. God. That's another really funny moment. I mean, it's not supposed to be, but it's really fucking funny. We're not exaggerating this. He yells at her in front of everyone. All her coworkers. All of her colleagues in front of those creepy lockers that they have in the middle of the room. Uh, farewell, Brian Cassidy. What was your favorite episode? So I was like torn about this because I like that. I mean, I think it was Slaves because that one was another one much like, um, uncivilized that i just remember seeing from Mm -hmm. when i was a kid it's got the most interesting plot line i think of all of them you should mention it's a true story it's a little crazy and we had fun recapping it even though it was like ridiculous subject matter yes it wasn't as no it it was a good mix of being a good story told very well and it had enough funny moments that we could kind of like take a step back from like the the heavier subject matter to kind of like I don't know, poke fun about euthanasia. Euthanasia. The weird vet wife and... Really all of it. Yeah. Remember the, the, the aunt turns up dead. Constanta. Constanta. And they go to like interview her coworker at the restaurant. She's like all chipper, like Constanta mentioned Denise. Does she not know she's dead? Why is she talking <laughs> about her like... <laughs> And weren't they like, oh, you were good friends with her, right? And she's like, yeah, I, yeah, yes, I was. I was good friends with her. Yeah, like, and then remember the freaking balloon animal guy? And he's just like, da, 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 da. Oh, he was hilarious. Oh, you're, you seem like a pink poodle guy. Oh, you're into ladybugs. Da, da, da. Da, 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 da. Like, so I, it was, it was so weird. Like, I, and there was no, um, like, nocturne. It's, like, hard because there's, like, a moral dilemma because you're like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, he did something really bad. And I don't want him to go to jail because obviously it's something bad. But Slaves was kind of cut. It had a clear villain. So I went with a very, like, depressing episode. And this is not a hill to die on for me. There's probably a few more that are close, if not maybe on the same level. But I went with Nocturne as my favorite episode. I just had a really emotional reaction to it. I was very blown away by their performances. I liked the moral dilemma thing. I was like, oh, I really, I mean, to this day, if you sat me down and asked me, like, what I thought about his jail sentence, I don't know. Right. No, I know. And they really, really twisted the knife because remember he got into Juilliard and he was going to go to jail for exactly as long as I fucking cried about it. I know. (laughs) On mic. Both cried. (laughs) In a truly vulnerable moment. 
I, I think I just wanted to give it its flowers for provoking a very emotional reaction from me. And also, I also had a very emotional reaction to the third guy. And I just can't rank it as highly. And a change of pace, under favorite episodes to recap, the third guy made it on my list. I had a really good time recapping that episode. I think we had fun. Sophomore Jinx, Maureen Killed Jean, was a blast to recap. That was such a funny episode to recap because, again, it was just so many ridiculous. Like, the fact that they named this girl Jean, like, her roommate was named Susan or something. So everyone had, like, a weird 1940s name or whatever. Remember when they were like, oh, Susan, do you know about this professor? And she's like, oh, yeah, the one stalking Jean. Yeah. (laughs) Wait a goddamn minute. How does this just come up? And then I like how everyone at college was treating they were like oh she's getting drunk a lot i'm like the fuck is wrong with you guys what was uh can you speak to her state of mind at the time drunk Drunk. the guy who did it was a french teacher who was just mercilessly stalking this girl and everyone knew and then like at the end they were never like hey why didn't you guys like tell us about this like stalking problem and they're like oh you know she turned up dead we never thought it was a big deal uncivilized made my list that was a really fun episode too that actually might also be one of my favorite episodes it's just really good yeah it's a really good episode and yeah somehow we had fun with it again we focused a lot on just tiny things that they were all doing to make it like ridiculous and never forget looking for pedophiles dad you looking for pedophiles dad <gasps> what? Who said that? Who told you that? Who told you that? Where did you get that from? And he was! He was! Oh, and then he goes to Dickie's class, and that kid was like, hey, I'm probably being abused by someone in my home. And Stabler's like, well, you gotta tell Dickie so he can tell me. And I'm like, yeah. Maybe take him outside and have a cup. Tell Dickie every gross detail about what's happening to you. <laughs> and then doesn't the teacher say something kind of like, <laughs> I think the she teacher says something out of pocket. She like just doesn't say anything like when that kid's like because the kid's like, what if it's your dad, the one that's hurting you? And the teacher's like on her phone, but not really. She's on her beeper. She's like coming to get the cocaine in an hour. <laughs> that one, that episode was just. Oh, and then they drop who it is in like the first five minutes and no one pays attention. Oh, There's yeah. So many clues that it's Jimmy G and Mike D from the Beastie Boys. Boys. Older boy. Older boy. Like, literally, this girl is shaking. And you and I said that. I was like, now, and I remember in the recap, we were like, and then this little girl says, with fear in her eyes and voice, boys, older boys. And we're like, she says it like that. Munch and Cassidy go, hey, do you have any idea who might have done this or any rumors? And she goes, yeah, boys, older boys, Mike D and Jimmy G. And they go and talk to them. And they're like, oh, it wasn't us. It was this pedophile that rides a bike and they're like we'll go talk to him not only that they're like it's this pedophile who rides a bike here's his whole government name his address the times during which he rides his bike when he usually comes back the stopping points on his route they had all this information and they're like none of that is suspicious at all thank you boys one more i had a blast recording was chat room aka cyber (laughs) when i was like our next episode cyber that's another one where, and I had a hard time keeping it together. Hopefully, page, season two page will mature. But these were supposed to be girls born in, like, maybe, maybe 1987. They were supposed to be, like, 14 to 16 years old in, like, 
2000 or something. And they had names like Helen, Karen, Susie, Barbie, you know, and I'm like, what Their are names would have been like Heather, right? Heather, Nicole or Lindsay. Jessica. Yeah. How many Lindsay's I know who were born in the 80s? There was not a Lindsay in sight in that episode. What was named Polly? Bernadette. There was a Bernadette. And then the grandma who was like, oh, yeah, we're selling my granddaughter's used underwear to felons on the Internet. And we're putting our return address. We're putting our actual address on the envelope so they can come by if they want, and which they do. They didn't seem that concerned that that's what she was doing. No. And then they even say to her, remember, because they pull her name was like Eleanor or something. They were like, Eleanor, don't worry. Your grandma let us know what was going on with the underwear. And she's like, oh. Yeah, we went to AOL or something. We learned that um, the criminals aren't just out there. They're in here. That was wonderful. It scared Kathy. Oh, my God. Wine drunk Kathy was honestly a little bit of a, I don't know, a star to me. I didn't like her before, but now I think she's hilarious. So my favorite one to recap, I think I had the most fun Looking back, I, I really liked editing. I thought we were super funny. A single life. However, I can't remember any specific reasons why. We were just really giving it to the stablers. And, like, it was when they were in their, like, slut-shamey face. And we were just, like, yelling about how everyone was so annoying the entire time. I mean, that episode was over the top where they were, like, a 32-year-old single, single woman. Single Single sex columnist. And they're like, oh, her entire address book is men. Here's Gretchen's picture. And they're like, oh, my God, she's the most beautiful woman ever. She's like a deep well you can fall down. Even though we didn't like the episode, I liked our recap for a just or just look like one because it was just about some adults being terrible adults. Well. We realized at the end of Euthanasia that we covered all of Dr. Jackson's interactions with the squad, but we forgot to mention how it might have gone down if, you know, like Detectives Porter and Agrella had to have their free therapy session. Naturally, they were excluded because the squad <laughs> knew <laughs> we were too perfect. They needed us and they, we couldn't get the house. To me, I always just imagine that our session with Dr. Jackson would basically be that scene from Step Brothers where they choose to interview together in tuxedos. That is exactly how I imagine it would go down. Definitely. We wouldn't be in tuxedos. We would probably be in like ball gowns. It's a formal occasion. It's a formal occasion. We also want to power move her. It's kind of like how some people shut the door or whatever. But we mm -hmm. show up in ball gowns because we want her to know. Not only do we not take this seriously, but we have somewhere to be after, so you need to keep it short and sweet. <laughs> I know, we're headed to a gala event. And we expect her to ask the question, which she does. You know, we're sitting there together <laughs> in the chairs. We're kind of making faces like um, the character from Euthanasia. We're duck face smiling. <laughs> Just looking around. <laughs> holding hands. <laughs> She's like, um, are you two okay? You're both humming and looking around, um, holding hands. That's not the problem. It just seems that you might be distracted. We're just waiting for you to talk. And now you did. Point us. Is that a whiteboard? That's a whiteboard for scorekeeping. This is a game, and we're going to win. Oh, it's not a game, ladies, actually. It's just a therapy session. Um, mandatory. Just a quick session. Make sure you guys are handling the pressures of the job. Who said we weren't? Who was talking shit? Are you going to ask us about our alcoholism? 
Craig and said you're going to ask about alcoholism. Yeah, he was crying in the bathroom yesterday. Did you do that? Did you make him cry? That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, we were smoking in the uh, handicapped stall and he came in crying. So, of course, we had to ask him what was up. Yeah. And he was like, don't come in here again. I told you guys stop smoking and then stop coming in the men's room. And we're like, we thought we'd just kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> we know you hate both of these things. So the musical numbers, can I talk about that? And you go, well, don't make me sing. Do you, does she want me to sing? Is that, does is she, she want me to sing? asking me to sing? Or is this like an inquisition about the musical numbers? I'm confused. Could you clarify, Dr. Jackson, is there a problem with the musical numbers? Or you want to hear one? Yeah. Can you just clarify? You're not being very clear. She's not being clear with us. <laughs> and we would still somehow be the most put together of the session she had. But we do acknowledge that we have, do we acknowledge, I don't know. It's not really a problem. It enhances Mm. my personality. I take items from crime scenes and I keep them. This is Dr. Jackson speaking again. Detective Porter, what makes you do that? What makes you feel the authority to take things that have nothing to do with the case? Hmm. Well, since I'm the detective, I know what has to do with the case and what doesn't. So really, that's my authority, and I take them. Yeah, I was going to say, th- I was going to say in, in Brittany's defense, how would you know what does and does not have to do with a case? She's a therapist. Yeah, like she's a fucking therapist telling you how to do your job. There is still, to this day, a toy from one of the episodes that I can't get out of my head, and I need to go back and see what it was. It was colorful, and it looked like a game, and it was on the desk of somebody... Mm, who I think, I think it was Cragen. Dr. Jackson would be like, so you're still thinking about this one toy? Yes. And you interrupted. She was telling you about the toy and you just interrupted. She wasn't done. Now to Detective Agrella, she'd be like, so you've been calling Maureen Stabler Elliot's girlfriend when it's his daughter. Um, yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> Is that they're both. <laughs> So you're accusing (laughs) Detective Stabler of having an affair with his daughter. Yes, it would be an affair because he's married. (laughs) Um, Detective Agrella, there's no proof of this. There's tons of proof. I have an entire file called Maureen and Elliot Stabler are getting married. And (laughs) Reagan will not read it. (laughs) You've made like... You've taken like wedding pictures and like stuck their faces in the middle of rave. And it's all fan fiction you've written. And you're like, and it's disgusting. I've looked at the file. Um, and the photos look as though they're recent. They look like she's being stalked. Well, it's not stalking, I'm a detective. We call that police work. It's called a stakeout. Yeah. I don't know why, but all of a sudden I was like, and then we would be like you really just want a musical interlude, right? You, like, want us to do a song. But because she's played by a Broadway actress, like, we've, like, started, like, doing a song and dance. But all of a sudden, she stands up and she's like, it's my turn now, ladies. And we're like, oh! And she just starts, like, belting out memories. And we're like, she was one of us the entire time. Oh, I was taking it differently that she showed us up on our own stage. 
the Sagittarius and the Cancer perceiving things. I'm like, and then we realized she was a true friend all along. And you're like, and then we realized she was trying to outdo us. And that's why she never came back to the show because she tried to one up Detectives Porter and Agrella. Question us and then one up us. These are two things I can't let go in tandem. <laughs> I can let one go, maybe both, but not both. It's been a season. It's been a season. I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us for we did finish the entire season. It's just that I got hurt. So we couldn't like finish it with all of you the way we were planning to. But we are starting season two, which means Ice Tea, Stephanie March, Tamara Tooney. I think so. Tamara Tooney. I think BD Wong finally joins us. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. I know everyone's really concerned that there won't be any rent references in season two. But I accidentally saw part of a season two episode the other day, and there'll be a rent reference. Oh, cool. I was going to say, I don't think we get one for a little while, but I forgot. It's a really stupid episode, too. Or the parts I watched, I was like, oh, this isn't very interesting. Oh, this is really stupid. Well, now, finally, we will be back next episode with Law & Order SVU season two, episode one. Don't remember what it's called. Yeah. We'll find out. Either in two seconds if I can pull it up or wrong is right. Oh, <laughs> that's so funny. You're like, why would they put this in the reverse? Wrong is right. Yeah. Well, I was like Googling it and it show- starts off with episode 21. I'm like, all right, well, I need the name of episode one. Oh, and then closure part two is episode three. Nice. Followed by legacy, which we'll be skipping straight yep. to baby killer. Oh, that's the How name exciting. of the thing called baby killer. Just called Baby Killer. Good job. Now, guys, now we have something to look forward to. We get to look forward to Baby Killer. Can't wait. Can't wait. (laughs) Don't even remember what it's about. I wonder what that one's about. Do you think he... Oh, man. I wonder if Elliot takes this episode personally. I wonder. It's like, you haven't had a baby in what? How old is Dickie? You haven't had a baby in that long. Your one son, your only child, not a twin, Dickie Stabler. Your only child. I know when he when that little girl showed up for story time in the middle of season one, we're like, who is this little girl? Oh, it's Elizabeth. <laughs> I literally was like, who the hell is this? And, and then they had her like kissing Elliot and hugging him all over. I'm like, yeah, cause she's afraid. She's never going to see him again. <laughs> she goes, he never remembers me. Uh, I can't wait to catch up with our friends. Our friends. I'm excited. Thank you guys for listening as usual. Thanks for your thoughts and <laughs> prayers. Unless you just thanks found- for coming back. Yeah, thanks for coming back. I know. I hope. I wonder if there was like it's only your cousin. Oh yeah, we had to say thank you to thank you to Nikki dot Leanne. 1978 for your very kind words on our Instagram post. Yeah, um, I don't know how you found this podcast, but thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, for real. We saw that. We were like, wait, this isn't one of our friends or family. Wow. A real person from the a real, real world. A real listener. Just kidding. Krista, Stephanie, you guys are real listeners. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your honest opinion. All right. We'll see you next week, squad. Bye. Bye.